Hello and welcome. Today I want to talk to you about your grandma and my grandma and all of our grandmothers and how they affect what we women think is possible for us and what we deserve. This is the Lady Quest podcast and I am Ariel Kylie. And this podcast is for intuitive, self-aware women who know that they have a big life purpose here on earth. Does that sound like you? Something that feels deeply meaningful to you that you want to do, create, experience, or pursue in this life. After I aired my first episode that featured my mother and her repressed desire to be an actress that was ultimately fulfilled later in life, I got an email from a listener and friend named Amy Watt, who's a fantastic life coach in the UK, and I want to share it with you to kick off our episode today. Amy says, one thing that came up for me is that most of us are first generation calling followers, particularly on the maternal side, and this can be quite a sad fact to hold. The withering you describe is what happened to my grandma, my mum, and her sister. It's rare to have a mum who followed her calling even later in life, but I guess even though my mum couldn't do it, there's a legend that she wrote a novel at some point and later threw away the draft, she laid the groundwork for me to be able to follow my dreams by facing the more tangible elements of the patriarchy head-on, like going to university and taking a profession and being a working mum. I really feel grateful to her for that. Thank you, Amy, for this wonderful email. So I wanted to record today's episode about why we don't follow our callings, why we make them hobbies instead of full-blown careers or serious pursuits. Why do we just do them in the cracks of our lives or just kind of sort of do them if we can fit it in? And why do we throw them away either by undercutting them or literally throwing them in the garbage or a fireplace? Why are we so embarrassed when we want something? Why are we so scared? Is it the fear of not getting it and feeling disappointed or the fear of letting the world know that it not working out? Or maybe a bigger fear about being shut down or punished or rejected by the world. There are many reasons women are afraid to do their thing, but today I wanna focus in particular on the stories we hear about our mothers, grandmothers, and great-grandmothers, and how they shape our idea of what's possible for us or not possible for us. My grandmother on my mother's side was named Annie. Anne Sturgis was her born name, and she was from a wealthy British family. And when she met my grandfather named Dan Kiley, who was from a poor Irish immigrant family, her family did not approve. He was not the status that was acceptable to them. But they married anyway, moved to Charlotte, Vermont, and proceeded to have eight children together. Now, my grandma and grandpa were both very creative, but my grandmother's creativity was much quieter, more private, and never really shared with the world at large. Well, my grandfather went on to become a world-famous landscape architect. 
He's considered one of the most important and visionary modernist landscape architects acclaimed for more than a thousand designs worldwide. He also was the recipient of the prestigious Arts and Letters Award from the president. President Bill Clinton presented it to him, and he's the only landscape architect to ever receive that award. I haven't been to that many of his designs, but the one that stood out to me the most was the Ford Foundation building in New York City. He designed the gardens at the base of the building. And if you go there, it's just stunning. You walk through the front door and instead of seeing a typical building lobby with, you know, furniture and maybe high ceilings, it's just this gorgeous garden. So he's an example of someone who just came from nothing and went huge. Meanwhile, my grandmother, she rebelled quite a bit from her upbringing by becoming a true homesteader in Vermont. She had a cow, she would milk, she had chickens, and sometimes she would slaughter, pluck, and skin them herself to feed the family. She had horses, and she was just so connected to and lived off the land. And she was also a writer. And the way she would practice her creativity is they had a lot of land in Charlotte. What my grandpa would do when he would go through these boom and bust cycles and when business was booming, he would buy more land. So she had their family carpenter build this tiny little cottage deep in the woods where she could get away from the house, get away from the family and go right. And she would wake up before dawn walk out through the woods with an actual kerosene lantern, go to this little cabin and write. Then she would come back in the morning, make breakfast, take care of the home. And at the end of her life, a couple years after my grandpa had died, she passed away. And then it was something like a week and a half or a couple weeks later, this huge house they had built over the years was struck by lightning and burned to the ground and everything inside it burned. The only thing that was left was the bathtub in this pile of ash and these warped and twisted file cabinets that had the archives of my grandfather's work that Harvard was supposed to pick up. They were worth like a million and a half dollars or something, but hadn't picked up in time before this fire. But also what went up in smoke must have been the works of my grandmother, if she hadn't already gotten rid of them over the years. And it's so striking, the contrast between their stories. He went out and made this huge mark on the world. You can Google him and find all kinds of stories about him and photo shoots, him in Vanity Fair. And you can't find the same stuff about my grandmother and her work. And it makes me wonder, did she want to share her writing beyond her immediate circle of family or acquaintances? Would she have liked to publish? And if so, what stopped her? And these questions, I'm never going to find answers to. And that's okay. I'm really more interested in this topic as it relates to what we as women think we're allowed to do with our lives. And as I was thinking about this, I decided to put word out to my audience through my newsletter and just see if anyone else had examples or stories of mothers or grandmothers 
who had a call who really wanted to do something and didn't let themselves follow through. One woman in my audience who's a successful artist named Audrey Stone sent this email. Both of my grandmothers were unfulfilled creatives. My paternal grandmother was born in Scotland and moved to Rome, Italy to study opera. She had been in musical theater. She studied and met my grandfather. They had my dad, and that was the end of her career. She was fabulously charismatic and energetic, and after moving to New York City, was the radio advertising voice of a celebrated synagogue with her deep brogue. And then she said, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, who was born in Poland and lost her mom as a child just before coming over, was surrounded by three brothers and her dad, who had married the, quote, evil stepmother. My grandmother was a talented artist and had been admitted to art school, but her brothers and father denied her the opportunity. She was an obsessive crochet maker, though. I had a scarf that was about 10 feet long I used to wear wrapped all around me in college. Having these two grandmothers gave me a cellular determination from childhood that my destiny was to be an artist and to succeed at it. I think this is so cool, and it connects to what Amy said, too, where... The fact that Audrey's grandmothers couldn't fully follow their callings in the day and age when they lived motivated Audrey even more to follow hers and be successful at it. Pam said, My mom, now 86, would write the scripts, direct, and even make the costumes for elementary school plays when I was a kid. When she talked about wanting to start a puppet theater, her eyes lit up. She was always a stay-at-home mom, and when we were grown, she would just say it was all a silly idea. Isn't that fascinating? She would say it was all a silly idea. How often do we women want to do something that's out of the norm and just cast it off as a silly or dumb idea? Gwen, who is a performance artist and director of the Hold Tight Dance Company, said, My maternal grandma was accepted to the prestigious all-women's college Smith. Two years in, she met my grandpa and dropped out to get married, having three kids instead of pursuing her education and her own dreams. I remember my grandma as loving but very anxious. I remember what an anxious driver she was. She was always afraid to get lost. Part of me wonders if that anxiety stemmed from her never really leading the horse of her own life. So then, when behind the wheel, literally and figuratively, she felt lost as she was so out of touch with herself. Sad. Wow. So interesting. And this connection between her driving style and her thwarted education and path. Another one I want to share with you is from James. James says, my mother wanted to be an artist but wasn't allowed to study art, so she became a grade school teacher, which she hated and only did for a few years. Then she worked for decades as a peace activist, and then finally in her late 50s or early 60s, she finally got to become an artist and totally blossomed. Yay for your mom, James, finally getting to be an artist and blossoming. And here's one more from Tony. Tony said, my mom was a singer, and in 1950, when she got married and got pregnant with me on their wedding night, that was that. 
She really, really suffered. She was a singer since she was three. She used to entertain the troops in the Brooklyn Navy Yard when she was a kid. She was also a serious painter. She returned to both, but not until she was in her late 40s. And Tony included a really beautiful painting from her mom. Now, I'm not here at all to bash or condemn men for how they pursue the things they want to do. And I know so many men would love to do some things that they don't feel they're allowed to do or they can't do. And they're also stuck by cultural ideas and gender norms. But this podcast is for you ladies. So what I think is really interesting to look at here is just how these stories shape what you think is possible for you or how seriously you let yourself take a calling or which callings you validate and which ones you don't. Like my grandmother, it was very rebellious of her to go homestead and care for all her own children without a nanny and behead chickens to feed her family coming from a kind of uppity British family. Like she clearly followed that calling. So this isn't to say that our mothers and grandmothers or great grandmothers led fully unexpressed lives, but it's just so common for women to cast off their hopes and dreams and instead forfeit them to be caregivers or to do something smaller or less risky or more practical. And I can't help but wonder how that affects us women nowadays even though there is so much more permission and opportunity, at least here in the West, obviously not in all parts of the world, for women, these stories have got to affect what we think we're allowed to do. You may have heard of this book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying, which was written by an Australian nurse named Bronnie Ware, who spent several years working in palliative care. So caring for people in the final weeks of their lives. And what she did was she recorded their dying epiphanies in a blog. And that blog, which was called Inspiration and Chai, got so much attention that she wound up putting them in a book. And relevant to this topic are three of the top five regrets of the dying. One is, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself not the life others expected of me. She says, This was the most common regret of all. When people realize that their life is almost over and look back clearly on it, it is easy to see how many dreams have gone unfulfilled. Most people had not honored even a half of their dreams and had to die knowing that it was due to choices they had made or not made. Health brings a freedom very few realize until they no longer have it. The third regret of the dying is, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. She says, many people suppressed their feelings in order to keep peace with others. As a result, they settled for a mediocre existence and never became who they were truly capable of becoming. Many developed illnesses relating to the bitterness and resentment they carried as a result. And then number five is, I wish that I had let myself be happier. She says, this is a surprisingly common one. Many did not realize until the end that happiness is a choice. 
they had stayed stuck in old patterns and habits. The so-called comfort of familiarity overflowed into their emotions as well as their physical lives. Fear of change had them pretending to others, and to themselves, that they were content, when deep within they longed to laugh properly and have silliness in their life again. I feel like these three have everything to do with you letting yourself admit and pursue your own callings. This is all about you fully expressing your feelings, you admitting what's true to you, you going for it, and you choosing the things that are going to take you off the normal, typical, comfortable path to a riskier, more exciting, more joyful place. So my invitation to you is to consider the stories of the women in your own life. How have those stories shaped how you think about what you're capable of, whether you validate what you really want to do, or why you might do them in secret or in the shadows and not really share with the rest of the world? And how will your daughters and granddaughters and goddaughters and nieces How will they reflect on the story you're living? How will your story inform what they think they're allowed to do with their lives? Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. It's a joy to get to share this with you. And I hope to be with you again soon. If you like this podcast, you will love the LadyQuest program. Join my newsletter through the link in the episode description if you want to learn more about LadyQuest, my one-on-one coaching work, and get invited to free transformational workshops I teach on a regular basis online. Also, if you want to make my day, you could leave a five-star review for this podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of my world, and I look forward to being with you again very soon.